listening to the Paper Cuts Podcast, issue 42. I am your host, Dan Ryan, and with me this week is Dean DeFalco. I'm always here this week. You are always here this week. Except for last week. Except for last week when I did it myself. It, it worked out all right, though. It sounded good. It sounded sexy. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Evan uh, will not be joining us this morning as he is currently off uh, saving the world or some such shit. I don't know. That's what he's doing, right? I thought he He's was out being a hero. I thought he was jerking the gherkin. Court martial in the private. Got it. <laughs> All right. So, oh, things are off to a good start. We've got some comics to to talk about this week. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, my dog barking in the background. Could you hear that? I could, but I'm, yeah. I'm assuming they're just excited about comics too. He is. Yoshi is very excited about Secret Wars, which we will be taking care of. For Evan this morning, uh, Dean, why don't you go ahead and start us off, though? Uh, well, I'm I'm still going on in my adventures through Sonic and Mega Man and and all that stuff. Just make it end. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, it's 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 all right. I've I've been having a good time reading it. Uh, this this ep- uh, episode, this issue is no different. Basically, it's just it's. it's Sigma and his bad guys fighting literally every Mega Man and Sonic character you can even ever come up with, even the ones you don't want to see, like Big the Cat, because fuck that stupid thing. Uh, besides that, I'm trying to think of anything really notable happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was one thing that happened that sticks the badger, because why not make her the main character? It found a portal while she was falling off of an airship that magically threw her into another universe because why the fuck not let's keep time traveling but but there's Makes this, sense. there's this lady I mean... that's uh fine sticks as she's kind of muttering to herself and she's like oh my god you could talk and she's like you bet your butt I can oh no 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 I'm sorry cuz this is what gave away who it is you bet your freaky bracelets you can and now I only know one person who has really weird bracelets in the Capcom universe. And Dalsim? No, no, because it was a girl. Oh. I, I, I've got nothing. It's Chun-Li, bro. Oh, well, all right then. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited for that. Well, I and think that was it's... how she chose to introduce herself with you bet your freaky bracelets. Yeah, it was it was weird, but that's weird. Yeah, uh, that that happened. That was a thing. <laughs> and I mean, they didn't show Chun Li yet. It was just hinting at it. And I was hoping at the end of the episode something was gonna happen, but it didn't. It left off with Sticks saying, "Take me to your leader," because why the fuck not? So yeah, that uh... happened. I can't say. I was all that excited for this ep- uh, for this issue, but you know, whatever. I read it; it's done. It's a thing. I'm I'm going to forget about it now. I just want to get to Mega Man because Mega Man's the only one I really give a shit about. Uh, let's see what else did I read? I read Detective Comics forty two because Batman. You know, Batman. Um, uh, there now these... is is this Bruce Wayne Batman no. or is this Jim Gordon? No, Batman? it's it's all about Jimbo. Okay. Every little thing is about Jimbo right now, man. It's Jimbo this, Jimbo that. Jimbo, go get me a donut. Jimbo, go get in the Batman suit. Jimbo, go eat a donut while being in the Batman suit. Oh, wait, Jimbo, that's impossible. You can't do that because there is no face hole in the Bat suit. They should really rethink that. I think it needs a face hole so he can eat donuts. He could be Everything a robo-pig. Needs a f- Everything needs a face hole. Yes, yes. 
Your dog seemed to agree. He does. Um, He's very upset because there's there's people out in the backyard, and uh, that really pisses him off. However, because of the type of dog mixture that he is, uh, he can't really bark, so he can yelp and do what you're going to be hearing probably for the next hour, and I apologize. Sounds like he's crying. No, that's not a cry, actually. That is his sort of bark. He's kind of wimpy. Yeah, it's terrible. You should put him in a bat suit. Bat suits fix everything. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Where, what was I? Uh, Jimbo face, face hole. hole. Yeah. Uh, so, I I mean, it's basically these guys that they're they're supposed bank robbers, but their real agenda is they want to take down uh, Batman, and so they find all these ways to sort of get at him or find his weak spots and everything. And at the start of the book. It's Jim sort of realizing that he he's not Bruce Wayne. He he doesn't have the skills that Bruce had. And it gets to the point where, you know, they're they're really starting to work him over and he needs backup to really get out of the situation. I think they like take out his knee joints with a sniper rifle. Not oh, his geez. actual knees, but like right, the robo the, knee joints. So, his robo his Yeah, his robo knees. Robo knees. So he's kinda grounded. And God damn these robo knees. <laughs> it's 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 kind of bad, like uh as far as that goes, because I'm like, oh that kind of sucks. He can't move at all. So they're like about to finish him off or short out the suit or something when he just shines some flashlights at them, and then all of a sudden all the good guys come out of nowhere and they're like, We'll save you, Batman, with cops and guns and shit. But <laughs> that's about it. The bad guys get away that time. They track him back down uh, after him and Harvey have a nice face to face about, I'm, I'm not Batman, and blah, blah, I'm not good enough. And Harvey's like, oh, man, this is where I should be telling you that it takes time and you can't win them all. But you're Batman. You don't have time for that. So You're Batman. You have to win them all. Yes, yes. That's like the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how it goes. And I they get a phone call that they need to go out and kick some more ass. So Gordon's like, let's go kick some ass. And... Harvey's right behind him because who doesn't love Harvey Bullock, man? He's he's great. I love that guy. They they really uh, I, turned him into a cool character. That's good. I mean, I, I got to tell you that. Like, I hate getting that phone call. Like, I'm sitting here watching TV and I get that phone call to go kick some more ass. I'm like, oh, fuck, I, but we just kicked all the ass. Why, why do we have to go back out and do it again? Yeah, yeah. Normally, I'm not a fan of uh, kicking ass. But, I mean, I make exceptions when it's about Batman. Uh, you know. Yeah, so I it turns out. Batman found these guys again, and it doesn't go well for him. They throw a bunch of, like, they break three water towers on him, so he's totally soaked. And then they end up shorting out his suit, which, I mean, you could probably guess how that goes for him. Not well. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, so, you know, at that point, he he's all shorted out. He's on the ground. They're sort of walking towards him. And the one thing Harvey says to him is, Jimbo... Don't you dare get out of that suit. Now, what do you think Jim Gordon does, being Jim Gordon? Uh, probably gets out of the suit. Yep. And then he's like, Son oh, you, bitch. He's like, oh, you kids want a street fight? And I'm like, oh, God, how old are you? Like a thousand? <laughs> so that happens, and that's where the book ends, is he, he's crawling out of the suit asking if these kids want a street fight because, you know, back in his day, he was... He was a Marine boxing champion or whatever the fuck he was. So, yeah, I... It's... Uh, so, 
when he's crawling out of the out of the uh, out of the suit, does he have a mask on or anything, or is it just Jim Gordon? No, no, like, has, yeah, it's it's has not... he given away his secret identity? No, already? no, yeah, it's 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 not. It's it, Batman still has a bat suit. Um, however, he has the Robo Bat suit over it, so like he can get <laughs> out and still fight crime without it. But he's Jim Gordon. He's not Bruce Wayne, so he's not. He's not that's, good. <laughs> that that's like an exhibit meme from ten years ago. I heard you like bat suits, so you put a bat suit <laughs> in your bat suit over your bat suit. Yeah. Yeah, like I I mean batception. I mean, I guess he needs to hide his identity I, in case the suit breaks, which has happened quite a few times already <laughs> in the two issues that they have out with this. Well, I guess a if you combine number of times, yeah, I guess if you combine Batman <coughs> and uh, Detective Comics, it's sort of different because you know two sort of different books. But I mean, still, I'm like, yeah, really, man. I he doesn't the the suit doesn't need to break all the time. Like I understand yeah. he's trying to prove himself without the machinery, but you could at least give him a little while with the machinery where he does mm-hmm. good. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, both stories that I've read with uh, him being in it have been the suit not doing everything that he needed it to, so he needed to get out of the suit at some point and then fight crime. Which defeats the purpose of the suit. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's where they're going with it, of this is like the intro story for for Jim Gordon as Batman, is him realizing that he doesn't need this big robot suit and he's a good enough man on his own or some sort of thing. Maybe, but I got used to Bat Bunny Bot. I kind of wanted <laughs> to stick around now. Well, and it seems kind of weird, like, because it has to be that he has a bat suit on inside the bat suit. Like, that has to be the case in case uh, the head of the suit comes flying off. He needs to protect his secret identity. Yet, that somehow still seems rather silly. Uh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, that seems kind of weird. Yeah, a little bit. A little okay. bit. Okay. You know. It's strange. Batman. I, yeah, I, oh man, I don't know. Like I, I'm a fan of some of what DC has done with their uh their re- reboot here. I I like some of the chances that they're taking with, uh Black Canary. I thought was was pretty cool. The Batgirl book is still good. Bizarro is interesting. Batmite is interesting. I'm really excited for the Cyborg book that's coming out. Like which I is a sentence I never thought I would say. But this one, man, I, just, I I am just not on board yet. No, no, I I, I I'm gonna keep going until I like it, or until I remember <laughs> that I don't I don't want to read Batman anymore. <laughs> one way or another, there's gonna, gonna be some more Batman going until I like it. Yep. Damn it. Yep. Sooner or later, oh, I mean, they gotta make a good one, and then I'll be like, yay, this is good again. Or maybe not, and I'll just hate it from now on. But I can't <laughs> believe that'll happen. I can't. I can't. Nope. Scott Snyder, no, I, don't yeah, let me I, down. I've got faith in Snyder, man. Like he he does really good work, but I'm just not there yet. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe I will be. It's too early to tell. I think right now, like a lot of this stuff is just build up. Though he doesn't write Detective, he writes just Batman. And I was reading Detective today, so I can't right. blame him for that. But you know, Batman. It's it's Batman. You read one Batman, you read all the Batmans because Batman yeah, is Batman. He's he's dark. He's fucking. I, it's it's still very like like a dark brooding book. I mean, to be honest, Detective's a little bit more like about 
the people surrounding Gordon right now, which is kind of cool. Um, this book was mainly centered around like Harvey and everything from his perspective. Like Montoya comes back to the force and Harvey doesn't know whether she's IA or not. So he's getting like really weird vibes off her and he doesn't know whether he can trust her or not yet, even though she's on the same task force he is. So there's sort of like a very uneasy vibe around Harvey right now, which makes it cool. But Batman, I just, I just want Batman. I just want more Batman yeah. in my Batman because you <laughs> you throw me a different character. I want to know everything I can about him immediately. I yeah, mean, we know yeah. a fair amount about Jim Gordon, but, you know, apparently, like, it seems like he doesn't doesn't talk to his daughter anymore. I don't... Does he have a wife anymore? It doesn't seem like it. Uh, he doesn't live at his own house anymore. He lives in, like, some fucking weird Powers Incorporated apartment. So it's it's fucking weird. It's really weird. I I don't I don't know if I hate it yet, but it's just like <laughs> some some of the stuff is is sort of like off. You know, Bruce was sort of by himself when he was Batman. I mean, the only interaction he had as far as people was Alfred. Now, the polar opposite of that is Gordon where he's got teams and teams of people who know who he is for one. And then on top of that, work on the suit, help him with deployment, uh, you know, all kinds of shit. He's relying on just throngs of people to help him get him through this. Yeah, I, it's, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Uh, like you said, I mean, we have faith in, in Snyder cause so far he has done no wrong. Um, but I uh, just, I don't know, man. Ah, <sighs> Yep. So I mean, that that's that. Just, that's that's kind of how I feel after after I read or hear about the new Batman stuff. Is just, <sighs> yeah. I'm, and that's not where I want to be with Batman. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring you down. No, it's, it's on this glorious right, Sunday, but it's uh, it is what it is. Yeah, I figured I'd share my insights with that. Again, it's not a bad book. I mean, it's it's more Batman. It's not like. It's the worst thing right. I've ever read. It's just I would I like more? Yeah. I'd I'd like more out of it. But we'll see where it happens. Like I said, it's only the second issue of that specific series. There's been four issues total, I think, between Batman and Detective. And they're yeah. two different writers. So, you know, I'm complaining about Scott Snyder when I really shouldn't be. Uh I yeah. mean, reading the other Batman book that came out, the, the actual Batman book, I, it sort of goes down the same line where, you know, it, there's a lot of people helping Jim, so it just it sort of feels not very Batman-y at the moment because Batman is a solitary character. He doesn't trust anyone, where Jim has to trust a lot of people. Right. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. It's It's a book. I read it. That's a thing. <laughs> Yay for me. Yay for you. All right, so... I read some books this week that um that I actually really really enjoyed. I read uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret Wars uh to cover for Evan and then We Stand on Guard, a new image book. So, let's go ahead and start with uh with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this this series ends at issue 50. No, right? no, actually, I meant to say that a while back. Chris corrected me. There was a um the way they worded it was really really terrible and they probably shouldn't have done that. 
the story arc ends at issue 50. However, yeah, uh, all the solicitations made it sound like the entire book was ending at issue 50. <laughs> yeah, everything was like, the end is coming, issue 50. We've got three issues left. Yeah, so uh, on IDW's, I guess, forum page or whatever, people yeah. might have been getting a little upset because Why Cancel Turtles is probably one of their best-selling books. Right. And they were like, oh, wait, what? No, we're not canceling it. Where did you guys get that from? And everyone's like, well, in, in the solicitations, you guys said it was over, and we don't want it to be over. And they're like, well, it's, it's not. Why Why did you, why did you think that? Right, good. So, you know. Uh, why did you think that? Because you fuckers said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because you fucking wrote it. And they're like, no, no, we didn't. exactly what you wrote. We didn't write anything. That wasn't us. That was, uh, that was, that was Batman. Batman did it. <laughs> God damn it, Jim Gordon. Fucking Jim. So bad at this. Fucking him and his faceless mask, stupid asshole. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, uh, right, it's going to well, keep going. All right, so the story arc is uh, is coming to an end here uh, with issue 50, so we've got four issues uh, to get there, and there is still quite a bit that has to be wrapped up, especially because they keep introducing new shit. Like, every issue, some new things happen, and, and this one was no different. Uh, the bulk of the issue was spent on Casey Jones uh, fighting his father. Hun! Fighting Hun. And Hun is just drinking Jack Daniels and is ready to, to fuck some shit up. And Casey is like, you know, Dad, you suck. You're a loser. Never gonna join you. I've got this sweet fucking fox thing over here, Alaplex, and then I've got this other girl uh, in a pretty sweet robot armor. And uh, my friends are way cooler than your friends because they're just thugs and gangbangers. And you're not gonna take over this neighborhood. And while he's out there talking shit to to his dad and and the people, you see uh, Mr. O'Neill is inside, and the store owner Arun is in there. And they're like, we have to go help. And their wives basically look at them like, what the fuck are you doing? You bitch is crazy. Right. You know, like, <laughs> there's, always that, there's always that scene in a movie where, you know, the husband decides he's going to go do the heroic thing and the wife gets behind, her, gets behind him and, and says, well, you know, you're a good man and you have to do the right thing. And and we support you, and we love you, and go fucking get him, and all that shit. When you know in reality, the wife would be behind the husband going, Motherfucker, get back inside, you are going to die. Let the crazy-ass mutants do this shit. <laughs> yeah. There is a fucking fox outside, are you shitting a me? A talking fox. A with talking fox with eyeshadow on. Get back to bed. Oh, Fuck, God. watch it on the news. Yeah, there's like the equivalent to Iron Man outside. No, <laughs> no, you go do it with like a rake or something. It's fine. Yeah, you get outside with that hose and chew him off the porch. Like, you damn kids, get off my God. porch! God damn it. Anyway, so, you know, so we get that scene and the husbands, Mr. O'Neill and Arun are like, we're going to go out there and we're going to help it, you know. Casey is out there, and he's protecting our neighborhood, and we got to stand up for our own. And they do. They go outside, and Mr. O'Neill comes outside with a toaster and uh, bashes a dude in the face with it, and it was awesome. And, like, they start kicking ass, and everybody jumps in, and then that inspires the rest of the neighborhood. So you get 
you know, this kind of just really nice moment of a neighborhood standing up for itself to take out the purple dragon gang. And, uh, you know, all of, all of Hun's dudes run and, and Hun just finds it funny. And he's like, you know, you and me, Casey, we're, we're exactly the same. He's fuck you, dad. We are not. And he's like, no, actually, um, you and I just punch things. That's what we do. We solve things with violence. You're no better than I am. Fuck off. I'll see you around, kid. And Casey just kind of looks at him like, oh, shit, you're right, dude. Damn, that sucks. You know, Hun, uh, Hun gets arrested. Cops show up. They, uh, he's, you know, one of the most wanted people in, in New York City. And they show up. And one of the, uh, one of the other cops is talking to the detective. And he says, uh, hey, so... There's a giant white fox over there, and the lead detective is like, "Nope, that's just more paperwork. We we got Hun. We're moving on. Nope, don't even bring it up." Um, we go from there. We jump into the the turtles and April talking to Splinter. Uh, Donnie is still uh, robot in his Donnie. metalhead body, still Robo Donnie. They're looking at this really old scroll. Uh, uh, blah. They're looking at this really old scroll that they took from the Foot Clan that ha- seems to have predicted exactly what is going to happen. There's like a rat man in there. Oh, that's and- the one they jacked from the professor, yeah, right? From the professor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of tripping them out, and you know they're just kind of arguing about shit and what they're gonna do. And uh, April says, you know, I'd really like to help. Casey and I are gonna go do this thing. Uh, we cut over to uh, Karai and Bebop and Rocksteady and the rest of the mutants are there. And she's all, you know, we got to go fucking kick ass for my dad or for grandpa. And we got to fuck shit up. We're the Foot Clan. And then, you know, because he's dead. And then, oh, look, no, he's not dead. And he's shown up with uh, Baxter Stockman. And everybody just kind of bows to him. And they're like, all right, fucking sweet. Shredder's back. This is going to be amazing. And Shredder kicks everybody out says, you know, we have business to take care of. Uh, Karai is really not happy about working with uh, Baxter Stockman. She doesn't like working with outsiders. She kind of blames them for uh, for the downfall of the Foot Clan. And Shredder says, no, it's not outsiders you have to be worried about. It's fucking Hamato Yoshi. It's Splinter. We got to get him. Uh, you know, I've made this arrangement with Baxter Stockman. Uh, he is going to go destroy things. Uh, to which... We get to the end of the book where they send a bunch of uh, mousers and and uh, the big robot flies to the turtles, la- uh, the flyborgs. He sends them to the turtles lair in the sewers. Donnie is like, fuck, they're going right for my for my house. God, you know, I, I set up these things and, you know, he's out monitoring what's happening uh, with the other robot and the professor. And uh, he's like, there's a bunch of shit that's about to go to my house and this this is not going to be good and the book ends with a bunch of flyborgs and mousers just saying kill the rat over and over again as the remaining three turtles are protecting splinter well and I, then we get our to be continued i want fucking stockman to turn into a flyborg like he did in the cartoons because that guy's a fucking dick in this comic i hate he him really is just a fucking asshole like in the uh the cartoon that's out right now he's sort of like uh in in between like phil lamar plays him so he doesn't have the same presence that he's very cunning in this book and 
Like, I just don't like it because he's so fucking smarmy and thinks he's like, he thinks he's the greatest thing on the face of this earth. And I fucking hate him. I hate him so much. (laughs) He needs karma to come bite him in the ass so bad because, to be honest, he's gotten off way lighter than anyone else in this book. Crane got fucked up. Shredder's gotten fucked up multiple times. Stockman's gotten off pretty light for the most part. He really has. Um, He really, really has. So... I, I would expect that that is coming relatively soon. Um, probably around issue 50. Because that seems to be the, the culmination of, of where all this is going. Um, it is just a really solid book. It Unfortunately, if you, know, you have little kids who like the cartoon, I can't recommend it for little kids. Well, they make the just, other one. So, you know, yeah. buy that. Yeah, I, you know, but that one's not great. It's all right. Well, it's a shame that I like this one kind of walk is trying to walk that line between uh, the what the original Turtles comic was, which was incredibly violent back in the day uh, versus, you know, balancing that with um, with just this uh, uh, this newfound explosion of popularity that the Turtles have had with the Nickelodeon cartoon. And it does a pretty good job. Like I would. I wouldn't let my six-year-olds read this. Um, it's a little too violent for them, I think. But I think maybe like nine or ten, you would start being okay for this book. I'd let my four-year-old read it. <laughs> it's a good thing you're not a parent. Yeah, I don't cause... have a four-year-old, so. <laughs> well, you might. You don't know. Whoa, but... whoa, whoa. Don't, don't put that evil on me, man. I, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Don't need a random four-year-old out there calling me daddy. Oh, we can only hope. One day. Anyway. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 47, pick it up. If you're not reading the book, go back. And, um, like, really, issue 45 was a pretty good jumping on point uh, for this this last little story arc before they do whatever the hell it is they're doing after issue 50. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really not sure. They didn't go into it at all. They just said there will be more books after 50, which I'm happy about. I didn't want it to end. I, to be honest, when we were talking about it on the show, I was trying to convince myself that it was okay. But I, I didn't want it to go away because they're already putting Mega Man on indefinite hiatus. The last thing I wanted to see was fucking Turtles go away, which is easily one of my favorite books. So that would have sucked. But yeah, it's yeah. it's just an incredibly solid book, and they're they're doing really really good work on it. All right, Dan. You know, so I'm happy to read it yeah. every month. So fucking get into the Secret Wars. Let's 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 knock that shit out of the way. All right. So Secret Wars number four is my opinion anyway the best that the series has been so far and it's already been really really good that's that's impressive man this issue in particular did you read this one dean no i'm gonna when we get off i didn't have time okay um there is so much that happens in this issue like all right so where we left off in issue three um thanos and his cabal were about to have a big fight against uh against the Thor Thorcor. Right. Thorcor had shown up and he says, you know, I look up and then, oh damn, there's gonna be this big fight. And this book starts off with the big fight. And Namor's kicking ass and Thanos is kicking ass and Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe is in a bubble uh that cannot be penetrated. And the Thors are just, you know, wailing on this bubble trying to get in there. And there's this big kind of 
overwrought dialogue going on over top of it. And we cut from that to uh to to Doctor Strange continuing this uh what turns out to have been him monologuing to the people that came off the life raft. So Phoenix and Miles Morales and Peter Parker and uh Jane Foster Thor and Captain Marvel and all those guys. Um he's explaining, you know, pretty much basically uh Doom is the one in charge because he has to be. He is, was the only one strong enough to take all of these disparate elements, all of these worlds that were ending, and, and hold it together. And Reed Richards, with a, a really sweet beard, uh, looks at him and says, okay, how? How did this happen? And Strange goes on to explain that you know, this incursion and all this stuff that we were looking at and, you know, with the Illuminati and the new Avengers and everybody trying to, uh, to stop all these worlds from dying, you know, we, we thought this whole time that there was, that there was something or someone behind it. And it turns out we were right. And it was the Beyonders and they had put this plan into motion. And the only thing that we could do, uh, was, was create this kind of this new universe after we killed the beyonders and took their power for ourselves. And, you know, strange says it was basically between the two of us. So doomy doom and strange just went out fucking gang some people and we're like, you know what? New universe time. Yep. Pretty much. Wow. And, and strange, uh, says, you know, I looked, he says, I looked into the abyss that was omnipotence and ran from it. Doom did not. Then he saved all that there was left to save. And it's like, damn, you know. So, so far we're <clears throat> looking at good guy Doom. Well, pretty much. It, it is, Doom was the one, he's not really good or bad. He is now uh, the very classic idea of God, right? And not Judeo-Christian God and not, you know, Muslim God or, or you know. or Well, the, any, the creator. The creator, right. Not not this kind of what we like argue about in society and politics now, but this the very mythological concept of what God is. And it's not good or evil, it is just everything and nothing and and all of that good stuff. Right? Yeah. So it's a pretty it's a pretty deep fucking book for you know for Spider Man still being there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's kinda it's kinda weird and um you know, Strange says, you know, most of the most of everything you knew is gone. Not everything is gone. There are small bits of Wakanda left. There are small bits of the Ultimate Universe left. But, uh, but most of it is gone. Sorry, that's just the reality of where we are. And and as he is there, uh, Cyclops with the Phoenix Force is like, all right, so, uh, you know. I'm going to burn this shit down and start over because that's the responsibility. We need to make this better. I have that power. And, you know, as he starts, like, as Cyclops with the Phoenix Force starts to threaten um, everything that Strange and Doom have put together. What the fuck is wrong with that guy, man? Like, he's gone so far off the rails. I know. It's pretty awesome. He's way more interesting now than he ever had. No, certainly, certainly. It's just, uh, like... 80 Scott and now Scott, two totally (laughs) different things. Two totally different people. Well, he took off that stupid head thing he was wearing, and, like, apparently that was squeezing all the evil out of his fucking personality. I don't know. 
goddamn 90s costume design. <laughs> anyway, um, so, so they're having this argument, and uh, Strange is kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's... And as he's doing that, a Thor shows up and uh, says, you know, there's some shit going on, and Stephen Strange says, all right, we're needed elsewhere, we gotta go. So we cut back to the big fight between the Thor Corps and, uh, and the Cabal, and there's a fucking, like, ram that is a Thor. Like, he's got a human body, but, like, a, a boar face. It's pretty fucking awesome. Um, <clears throat> they, they realize that they are losing this fight, and they decide that they have to go pray to Doom to intervene. Because Doom is all-powerful. He is God Doom, and he will, you know, handle this shit. So we, we get a really nice scene of Doom sitting on his throne, which I don't know if we've mentioned this before or not, but Doom has made his throne out of Yggdrasil, the world tree in Norse mythology. Like, he just sits on it. No, I don't think we mentioned that, but that is pretty good <laughs> to note that uh, he's that godly that he uses something else that's almost otherworldly, just as powerful as he is, yeah. as a chair. Yep, pretty much. Like, <laughs> as a chair. He is he is sitting upon Yggdrasil. It's oh, it's fucking crazy. Anyway, so this uh this Thor is there and he says, you know, uh, we need your help. Um, we know that you will know what to do. And Doom says, uh, maybe. Let me take a look. You know. So Susan Storm and Valeria, which is, in this reality is Doom's wife and daughter, uh, he goes with them to take a look and asks Valeria. Uh, what do you think? You know, what do you think is going to happen? And she just goes on to explain, you know, it's uh, it's difficult to predict. I'm not really sure. The Thors should win. Um, you know, we have a Titan here. She's talking about Thanos. We have a Titan, and we've seen Titans before, but nothing uh, that is as powerful as this one. Um, we have a force field here that... Um, that the Thors cannot penetrate. And Susan Storm says, you know, even, even my force fields are not that strong. Maybe you should consider intervening. And her Doom's response is, I see gnats that do not concern me. Because he's a bad Damn, dude. He, <laughs> yeah, he's so I kind of just, I, I feel like he's going to go like early Frieza, Dragon Ball Z, like just lift a finger. And then all of a sudden they're all going to explode and fucking die. Right. That's kind of the feeling that I get is just that level of power. Um, but as he's watching the heroes show up and he says, you know, Valeria, give me an updated projection here. Uh, and she says, you know, it looks better now, but it's even, it's even harder to actually predict because these are variables based on things that we know in our universe. And, you know, as they're watching Doom, uh, what finally gets his, uh, his dander up is that he sees Reed Richards. Oh, man. And he, he like, he can't even. He just can't even. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, that's the thing. You know, all of this stuff is going on, and, and Doom is like, eh, nothing much. There's a bunch of gnats and, you know, whatever. Um, You know, but then he sees, doc he sees uh, Dr. Richards, and, and that's it. He, he shows up. And the entire battle stops, and he goes to talk immediately to Reed Richards, and they have this this really nice little uh, dialogue, you know, here. And Richards explains, 
what has happened and <clears throat> you know how he was able to survive and doom is just continuing to be badass and he's like i'm god thanos challenges him doom doom just fucking wrecks everybody believe in me for this world is mine and then the phoenix force shows up and cyclops is you know like well, i'm gonna kick your fucking ass and like he starts melting doom's armor and it's like oh shit this is gonna be fucking terrible like the armor legit is melting and then out of nowhere doom's hand comes up and he just snaps the phoenix's neck yeah yeah i didn't think scott was gonna last long <laughs> no no and he just just fucking breaks his neck drops him down uh steven strange kind of turns on doom in this moment and he sends everybody out like the the freedom fighters that have have shown up he he scatters them all so that they can i don't know start leading a resistance or whatever and we get a nice bit of dialogue between doom and uh strange and fucking like you know he doom basically says call call them back you will not test me old friend or shit is going to not work out well for you strange basically says i i can't do that you know but i this i mean world, strange is pretty strong in this universe no he is he is but he says you know this world um it might belong to reed richards and not you and you know pretty much is what he says without saying those exact words and that sets doom doom off and uh he from the looks of the panel it's not as graphic as perhaps it might be if it were a, a an uh, an older book uh but it looks like he basically rips Stephen strange in half oh nice that's that's yeah. classy that's good family fun there yep and that's the end of the book and it was just like ugh, just goddamn i mean i don't i have not seen anybody saying that they did not enjoy this book I cannot imagine how anybody is not enjoying Secret Wars. This is the first book that I've read in a very, very long time where you actually don't need to read all the other stuff that's going on. You were getting everything you need within the main book of this crossover. Yeah, I can't even say that with Sonic right now. So uh, read this. It's good. It, like, it's incredible. The, the character dialogue is, is so spot on. It, you know. Hickman's got the characterization of all these of all these guys. He's different, you know. I mean, he's got a huge cast that he's working with here, and all of their voices sound true to what we think these characters are. The artwork, um, Assad Ribic, I know rubs some people the wrong way. They don't love the scratchy artwork style, and there are a few things to complain about with the artwork. There, like the very first page of the book, um, where Thanos is fighting one of the Thors his eyes look like they were googly eyes that were put on after the fact. Oh, he does it like again. He did that like once or twice already too. Yeah. Like it's a little weird and that's, you know, that's a little strange, but for the most part, the artwork is, is goddamn stellar. The coloring is great. I just, everything about this book is just, it's just fucking fantastic, man. It's just a great, great book. No, yeah, I've I've no complaints from what I've read already. So I'm I'm excited to see more out of this. This is probably my favorite event going on this year so far. Oh, by far. By far. I don't even think it's close, man. Like this this may be the only event I've ever read where I can be like, "No, this is just really good." 
not really good because I want it to be good and because I like it. This is just inarguably good. No, yeah, I'm happy to be a part of this one. This is one of the the books I've actually been able to read while it's coming out. Most of the big events that people tell me to read have already happened, so I'm reading them in trade. So it's kind of cool to, you know, wait for the next one, kind of like a really good TV show. Yeah, just fucking excellent. But with all that being said, not the best book I read this week. Oh, yeah, Dan, what was the best? What was the fucking best book that you read? We Stand on Guard, number one, new book from Image, um, written by Mr. Brian K. Vaughn, who, as we all know, is perhaps the greatest writer in the history of comic books. Art by Steve Scrochi, who is one of the best artists that has ever worked. This book, <laughs> I mean... The concept of the book itself is in the future, about a hundred years or so in the future, Canada has decided to attack the United States and they have blown up the White House. And as you can imagine, the United States did not take too kindly to that. So they sent a bunch of shit to fucking destroy Canada. And now, yeah, the book starts off with this family watching TV, a Canadian family watching TV. And we know they're Canadian because the dad is wearing a lumberjack shirt and has a beard, I imagine. Um, they're watching this giant TV and, you know, you see the White House burning and the children are kind of discussing what's going on. And they're like, you know, didn't we do this before? And the kid's like, yeah, like 300 years ago, you know, Canada... Uh, you know, attacked the the White House, and they're like, no, it wasn't Canada, it was the British, you know, trying to do this, and it was, you know, it wasn't 300 years ago, it was like a lo way longer than that, and, you know, the, they're just kind of watching TV and arguing, and we then cut to a scene of a bunch of United States Air Force missiles uh, just <laughs> blowing up Canada, pretty much, and one comes up and hits this house, and the mom and dad are... are pretty much fried right from the get-go, but the kids survive. Uh, their names are Tommy and Amber, and the like. The artwork is just so brutal here. I mean, the, the dad gets blown up, and he's missing a leg, and he's missing an arm, and he's all fucking burnt to shit. The mom is in pieces, like, laying next to him, and, like, there's a hand that... I don't know whose fucking hand it is, but it shouldn't be over there. And uh, the dad, you know, with his dying breath, says, you know, you need to protect your baby sister. Whatever happens, never leave her side. Which naturally then cuts to the next page of the sister uh, out on her own in the wilderness, right? Because that's how these stories always always work. And she's got, like, this, this really badass futuristic-looking gun, and she's just kind of walking through the Canadian, uh, the, the Northwest Territories. She is hunting a moose, and as she is hunting, a... Did you ever see, Dean, the videos that they made of those robot dogs like running and jumping and shit yeah and yeah okay so imagine them a hundred years in the future um and you have a terrifying v vision of what a robotic sentry dog may look like yeah i don't want any of that yeah no it's like they took those dogs and went you know if we combine that with metal gear i think we would have something really good and it's 
a giant robot sentry dog that is asking this girl for her identification card. Says, uh, you are not authorized to be here. Uh, She shoots an arrow at its head, to which it responds with, deadly force authorized. Um, Shoots her in the arm. Like, they start having this fight. This fucking robot thing jumps at her. It's got this weird drill thing that's coming out of her mouth, out of its mouth that's about to, like, take her down. And a group of freedom fighters show up, blow this dog up, and they're like, who the fuck are you? Where did you come from? Right? So we get into kind of the bulk of the story of what's going on. You know, there's a freedom force that is trying to get America out of Canada. Um, They are kind of living in the woods. They're a ragtag group of people. Like, one person used to work at a tire shop. One person used to work as an actor. Like, they, you know... The, the main girl who seems to be leading the, uh, the Freedom Force says, uh, you know, this, this isn't about land. You know, the Americans, you know, they're not up here because of land or anything other than water. This entire fight is about water, which is an interesting kind of prediction for what our future is going to be. Because right now, everything we fight is about oil. But eventually, that's all going to, you know, we're going to use m- enough of it to, the, to where we don't fight over it anymore. But water is eventually going to become a way more precious commodity than it is now. I mean, even if you look at what's going on in California, like people don't have fucking water, you know, like legitimately they are in a drought and it's bad and it's not getting any better. So Canada has all the water because they have all the snow. That's where all the cold air comes from is what I've been taught anyway. So they, they have this, uh, just this conversation um, this guy starts patching her back together. He obviously, you can tell he's kind of sweet on the girl, um, which if you've read any sort of comic book ever, uh, you know, that means it's not going to work out very well for him. They are kind of surprised that the, that the Americans have figured out that if they take these, uh, these dogs of war, as they call them, if they take them offline, um, so that they're not networked anymore, they won't be able to, uh, like they won't be able to track them. So the Canadians are kind of pissed that they figured this out. But that also means that, you know, they're like, well, that also means that we have some time to get away and whatever. And, you know, as they're talking, uh, there's a nice little bit where as the guy is patching her up, he has a Superman tattoo and she's like, what the fuck? Truth, justice in the American way. What (laughs) the fuck do you have a Superman tattoo? And he's like, actually, uh, Superman is a story about Canada. And she kind of looks at him like, what? And he says, well, look, you know, the guy who drew him, uh, was Canadian. He happened to live in Ohio, but basically Superman is an allegory for, uh, Canada sending its best and its brightest out into the world to do good things. And America is, uh, like a giant wasteland run by Lex Luthor. It's like, oh, fantastic. I have never thought of Superman that way, but that was amazing. Superman is Canadian. And as they're having this explanation, a giant fucking, like, it's a Metal Gear, pretty much, shows up behind them. And uh, as the guy says, Superman's motherfucking Canadian, this giant, giant robot um, shows up behind him. They're like, why the fuck didn't we hear it? It's like, oh, you know, it must have. Sound cloaking technology, because it's the future, because why not? Uh, they call this thing a gorilla. They fight it. They take it down. 
eventually like this really cool fight scene like the the action scenes from panel to panel are really cool they shoot this really interesting stuff on the legs of this thing to kind of slow it down it's it's basically like like if the human resistance in star wars were fighting an ad at without the planes and without the ships like this is kind of what it would look like um they take the thing down basically with the idea that they are going to take it over and it's going to be their new toy. You know, they, they, the Americans keep sending these unmanned drones, these giant things out there, and they're like, all right, well, fuck, let's go open it up. Let's take a look in, in this thing's brain. Um, you know, make sure the computer's still, uh, still intact and whatever. They open up the shell, and lo and behold, there's a fucking dude in there. And he shoots the guy who did the explanation for Superman being Canadian right in the neck. So that dude's fucking dead, like, right away. Like, giant piece of his turtleneck is flying off the panel. Like, it's really gross and really graphic and violent, but, you know, it is kind of beautifully done all at the same time. They get really pissed off. They start questioning the girl, Amber, and they're like, so, we find you out in the woods, and all of a sudden, we haven't had any contact with the enemy in months, and now all of a sudden, uh, here's two of them, and they're different, so if we're gonna do, if you're gonna be with us, you have to shoot this guy. You have to shoot this American that we just found. Pop, pop. And as yeah, as they're arguing, they're like, you know, I don't know, should we make her do this? Like this, just you know, this just kind of seems wrong. Like we don't have to. And then bam, you know, like we turn around and dude is dead. She's got, she has pulled the trigger, and they're like, all right then, moving on. Well, that you're, escalated you're with us. quickly. Yeah, it certainly did. Um, and then that's just kind of where the book ends and, and, you know, the, the leader kind of assigns job. She says, I'm going to bury this dude. You guys take care of these things. Amber looks at her and says, you know, what about me? And she says, welcome to the two, four. And that is the name of their group. And that is where the book ends. And it was fucking awesome. It was so good. It, it is an unbelievably ridiculous story. Um, which is what Brian K. Vaughn is really good at. I mean, he's really good at realistic things as well, but this is just so insane and so nuts and so beautifully drawn and the coloring was great and the dialogue was great and it's Brian K. Vaughn, man. Like, Brian K. Vaughn puts out a book, it's going to be the best thing that comes out that week. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, he has a repertoire long enough to make like a wrestling intro for for like hailing from Cleveland, Ohio, recipient of ten Eisner Awards, writer <laughs> of many multitudes of books, including Saga, Why the Last Man, and more. Brian K. Vaughn. Pretty much. That's yeah. pretty good. I just I wish there was, was an audience there. Well done. Yeah. Well, there will be an audience once we post this. Fantastic. Well, you guys need to applaud. <laughs> you need to rewind this, go back, and then cheer and applaud. That's right. But, yeah, I mean, I'm so into this book. Like, I, I'm now just as excited for this as I am for Saga every month. Like, we don't talk about Saga. Because, again, it's one of those books where it, it would be a very short conversation. Saga came out. It was fucking dope. Moving on. You know what I mean? Like, there's what more do you need to say about it? Yeah, did uh This we'll talk about because it's new. Yeah. And then I promise you it'll be the best thing that comes out the week it comes out. Did, uh... God, what the fuck was it? When we were at Too Many Games, did you see the guy who was dressed up as uh, the uh, Prince TV? Mm-mm. Yeah, there were, there were, I think, two I of them. It was, it was really cool. I was like, oh, man, not a lot of people are going to get that, but the ones who do are going to fucking love it. 
Yeah, that's fucking great. That's really awesome. It's Saga's another book you should be reading. If Brian K. Vaughn's name is on something, just buy it. Yeah, Sagas we don't talk about because we don't need to talk about it. The book speaks for itself. We talk about books that maybe you were thinking about getting or haven't heard of at all, and we tell you to get them. Sagas is one of those that you should be reading the minute you start reading comics. Well, as long as you're an adult. Otherwise, if you're a kid, don't go fucking reading that book. Yeah, really. I would would say if you're, like, under 21, Saga might not be for you. Yeah. It's just... There's a lot of shit going on in there that you just might not have the life experience to really understand. A lot of dicks. Maybe I'm wrong. A lot of dicks. There are a lot of dicks. So, I mean, if you're into dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Game of Thrones of comic books. It really is. It's fucking insane. So great. Yeah, this one, no nudity in this book. No dicks. Um, no boobs. Perhaps that will be coming. Not that you need that for to for me to recommend a book to you, but... Just, yeah, get this get this yesterday, if you didn't. Well, thank you, Dan. That sounds fantastic. So, yeah, check that out. What was it? We Stand Guard? We Stand Guard. We Stand Guard. Pick that up, or else or else we're coming for you. God damn Actually, right. we are going somewhere pretty soon, aren't we, Dan? I think we are. We are going to the Garden State Comic Fest. It's July 25th and 26th. Men in Arena in beautiful... Gorgeous, stunning Morristown, New Jersey. If you were at Garden State Comic Fest last year, you know it was a pretty awesome show, but it was very obvious that the show had already outgrown the space that we were in. Now we're moving to a goddamn hockey arena. We are, and you know who's got the skybox? Awesome. Who does have the skybox? We do, motherfucker! That's right. Paper Cuts Podcast has the skybox at the Menin Arena, which is fucking awesome really excited about it i really hope anybody who is in the area can come out either saturday or sunday it's going to be an awesome time we're going to have a live show that we're going to do there it it should be a lot of fun but even not to just see us there's going to be a ton of artists a ton of local businesses come out and support man you're going to be able to get a, a ton of cool shit it'll be a great time it's it's a cheap con to get into like this is done to support comics, man. It, it's not done to promote movies. It's not done to promote video games. This is about comic books, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we're going to have a table on the floor with uh, CBFU Comic Book Fans United. So you guys can uh, catch us there if you want to talk to us or something. I can't say we'll all probably be there because Dan, myself, Evan, uh, most likely Chris will be pretty busy but we will have people who are from our website there at the table that i can promise you that's right and uh yeah we'll be there probably at some time during the day but uh we got podcasts to do people to interview we're gonna have a lot of really cool video segments so be sure to check out our youtube and facebook and all that crap after we're done because i'm sure there's a lot of shit we're gonna be putting up more than ever before that's right hey hey uh dean where can they find that youtube and facebook stuff Wikipedia. <laughs> Other than Wikipedia, Dean. Oh, uh, so you can find all our links in the show notes. Uh, if you want to hear about any of the books we read, actually read them for yourselves. We link everything to Comixology, so if you wanted to buy directly that second, it's absolutely possible. It only takes a couple of minutes to set up a Comixology account. I have one, and it works great. Uh, besides that, we also have links to all our social media, so if you want to hang out with us on Facebook, Twitter, any of that stuff, we are pretty active on there as far as that stuff goes. 
Uh, am I missing anything? YouTube will also be on there. We have our Twitch that's linked on there as well if you're a video game fan of any sort. And uh, there's also a link to email us and to our website so you can check out all the content natively on our website as well. Good times. Last thing before we go, if I could just ask a favor of our listeners out there, if you would be so kind as to go ahead onto iTunes, leave us a five-star rating. You don't even have to write a review. If you do, we'll read it on the air. I promise I'll, I'll read your five-star on the air in perhaps a voice of your choosing. Um, but that's how we get you know eyes on the show. It helps gets us up, get us up the uh, the rankings page, five star reviews um, and subscriptions. Man, go ahead subscribe so that you don't miss an issue, because this is good stuff and we work very hard. Well, uh, we don't work very. Yeah, hard. we work pretty hard. Yeah, we work we work hard ish. Be- between having real <laughs> jobs and uh, doing this, yeah, it gets uh, it gets it gets difficult, but we make it work. And uh, yeah, you know so. Give us a give us a good rating. Uh, if you leave us a comment or something, we'll definitely read it on there as long as it's PG thirteen. Yeah, and if not, we'll just edit it. It's fine. We'll make it work. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up issue forty two of the Paper Cuts podcast for Evan Goldstein, Dean DeFalco, and Dan Ryan. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs>